0: Ladies and gentlemen, do not touch that dial, because this is the Dial Podcast, new and improved, and you could even say reborn, bringing in the very latest and greatest of all that can be offered in the worlds of sports and entertainment and tech. Flip up with the computer audio, though. Everything's fine. Everything's Okay, so we're back, and better than ever, hopefully. And we're just going to hop right into it. Um, I think this is a, a good time to do the uh, NFL score recap from the past weekend of playoff play. Let's hit it. All right, so this weekend was the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. A uh, bit of a new format for the NFL because of all the coronavirus nonsense, uh, but managing to get playoff play in nonetheless. First game, Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts final 27-24 in favor of Buffalo's close game, closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Indy coming in under their veteran quarterback, Philip Rivers. Uh... Veteran of the league, anyway, not of the Colts. This is his first year. Maybe his last with the Colts. Depends on what he decides to do. the offseason. speaking of Phillip Rivers, he was 27-46 with just over 300 yards passing. A couple of touchdowns. On the ground, you had Jonathan Taylor rushing for 78 total yards on about 20 carries and a touchdown, averaging just under four yards per carry, so not the most efficient. Michael Pittman on the receiving end, five receptions for 90 yards. He was targeted 10 times, uh, and that seemed to be kind of the theme. Phillip Rivers did manage, obviously, to rack up over 300 yards in the passing game, just not efficient enough to overcome Josh Allen and the Bills. Josh Allen, just over 320 yards, 26 completions on 35 attempts, a couple of touchdowns. Josh Allen was actually also... um, the Bills' leading rusher on the day. 11 carries for 54 yards. The uh, running back, Devin Singletary, only got the ball three times. Rushed for 21 yards. Average is seven, so extrapolate that. That's that's not too bad. Stephon Diggs was the big story, though. Targeted nine times. Six receptions for 128 yards. Good for a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, UCF grad, actually, which is of note because we're here in Central Florida. A couple of receptions, 85 yards on the day Uh, the other passing touchdown came courtesy of Dawson Knox only had 5 yards on the day Uh, team total yards Indianapolis actually outdid Buffalo 472-397 passing yards also in favor of Indy and rushing yards in favor of Indy Buffalo outdid them in yards per play there were no um, turnovers the whole game None. Not at all. Uh, Josh Allen did get sacked twice. So the Colts defense definitely kept them in it for the long run. And they were a field goal away from tying things. And Indianapolis was also better on third down. So definitely a lot of silver lining for Indianapolis. They have nothing to be ashamed about. They've been at greater time of possession by about nine minutes. And both teams played clean. Only two penalties per side. I'm going to turn down this computer audio. It's very loud. Just a little bit. Hopefully you guys can hear me now. Turn up my mic as well. Here we go. You had Los Angeles, the Rams, and the Seahawks. I was really hoping the Seahawks were going to win. I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, but they didn't. Los Angeles Rams 30, Seahawks 20. Um, La got started and just didn't really stop. Only three points were scored in the in the uh, in the first quarter by Los Angeles, but they uh, combined for 17 in the second quarter and 10 in the fourth, and Seattle only scored 10 in the second, 3 in the third, and touchdown in the fourth. Um, Because of an injury, Jared Goff was initially sitting out, uh, and backup quarterback John Wolford came in, but he actually got injured as well after only six passing attempts. For 29 yards and Jared Goff actually came back in went 9 for 19 on the day with a touchdown and 155 yards big story we seem to be seem to be past the um Todd Gurley days in LA uh, Cam Akers is the new name 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown just under five yards average yards per carry Cooper Cup was their best receiver for reception 78 yards nine targets Um, ultimately, I don't think this was a game about the Rams just blowing the Seahawks out of the water. Just the Seahawks didn't play up to par. Russell Wilson, 11 of 27 on the day, 174 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, so really not much bigger of a sample size than, uh, than Jared Goff, but not quite as efficient i guess you could say actually are about the same you take the percentages really russell wilson had another touchdown pass but he also had an interception so leading rusher for the seahawks was chris carson 77 yards on 16 carries both of russell wilson's passing touchdowns came courtesy of dk metcalf that connection is solid and will be for the next several years i would imagine Uh, but but again metcalf caught the ball five times for 96 yards was targeted 11 times so just a combination of Russell not being the most efficient and uh, the receivers not catching the ball total yards was all LA time of possession all LA average yards per play was Seattle's advantage 4.9 to 4.7 but again that's really doesn't really mean much of anything only you know two tenths of a yard difference it's so all L.A., all L.A., um, including on penalties. They played a much cleaner game than Seattle. Two penalties to the Rams compared to nine to Seattle. 30-20, to 20, the final in favor of L.A. On to the next one, the prime time of Saturday. Much anticipated playoff debut of Mr. Tom Brady, the GOAT, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we expected that they would trample all over. Washington football team, the team with no name, as I have begun calling them, the nameless football team. Uh, despite having no name, they actually played pretty well, and we'll get into those stats for you. But first, the Bucks. Uh, Tom Brady was 22 of 40 for 381 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He was supported by Leonard Fournette on the ground, 93 yards on 19 carries. A touchdown and about five yards per carry. Antonio Brown had one catch on the day. Tom trying to get him some action. Mike Evans was the leading receiver. What else is new? Six receptions for 119 yards on 10 targets. Chris Godwin, five catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. Oh, pardon me. My stat about Antonio Brown was his rushing statistic. He rushed one time for 22 yards. He actually had two catches on the day on three targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. It's not bad. Not bad at all. And now on Washington, how about Taylor Heineke? And for the injured, Alex Smith, who's got quite the comeback story. Wasn't able to to play uh, because of a different injury. But Taylor Heineke, man, 26 of 44 306 yards, a touchdown, an interception. was also the team's leading rusher. Six carries for 46 yards. All these quarterbacks running the ball, man. The league is changing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Touchdown rushing for Taylor Heineke, the quarterback. Uh, Cam Sims, the leading wide receiver. Seven catches, 104 yards. Uh, The passing touchdown... um, came courtesy of Steven Sims, who had three catches for 33 yards on the day. In terms of the team totals, that's kind of where Tampa Bay won. They didn't throw any interceptions. There was only one turnover, and that was Washington. Uh, Tampa Bay did allow Tom Brady to get sacked three times. Uh, So Washington defense playing well. They were also better on third down. Uh, the time of possession was not all that different. 31 minutes for Tampa Bay. The 28 for Washington. Washington was also playing a slightly cleaner game. Just two penalties on the day. And uh, but yeah, everything else was definitely Tampa Bay's game to win. Our average yards per play, 7 to 5.4. Also had 142 rushing yards and 365 passing yards. Good for 507 total yards compared to Washington's 375. 31-23, the final score in on that one. Tampa Bay on to Sunday's action. Baltimore and Tennessee. The matinee game. Uh, Baltimore 20, Tennessee 13. Not quite the the slugfest that I had personally anticipated. I definitely thought Tennessee was going to be more competitive in the early going, but Derrick Henry couldn't get going, and uh, Tennessee kind of needs him. Uh Ryan Tannehill's success is very contingent on the play action, and Derrick Henry is a big part of keeping that going. But they didn't—they couldn't get him going. Speaking of Tennessee, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill—he was 18 to 26 on the day, 18 completions. It's good for 165 yards, touchdown, interception. Derrick Henry only averaged 2.2 yards per carry, 18 carries for 40 yards. Very strange stat line to be seeing from the NFL's leading rusher with over 2,000 yards this year. On the receiving end, a bit of a better story for Tennessee. Uh, AJ Brown, big man. AJ Brown, six uh, six receptions, good for 83 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted ten times. On um, the defense, Harold Landry had two sacks. It's not bad. Uh, now to the Ravens, definitely a better story overall. Lamar Jackson, 17 24 179 yards, so not passing much. Uh, big threat on the ground, though. Uh, Lamar did throw an interception early game, but got over that pretty quick. But back to the run. He ran the ball 16 times 436 total yards. He averaged 8.5 yards per run. And had a rushing touchdown, as did J.K. Dobbins, who had 43 yards on the ground. There were no receiving touchdowns, but Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, had 109 yards on the day with seven catches. Uh, final score, 20-13 to 13 in favor of Baltimore. They will move on um, and face the Bills, I believe. Chicago and New Orleans uh the eight and eight bears definitely the underdogs new orleans took this one 21 to nine uh chicago couldn't get it going at a couple chances early that i think messed with them psychologically at least it would have messed with me if i'd been in their shoes for the bears uh trubisky was clean man i gotta say which can't always say that about him 19 to 29 just shy of 200 yards passing with a touchdown pass Uh, They would have liked David Montgomery to get going on the ground as he's been doing late in the year before the playoffs started. They kind of helped them even things out at the end, but he couldn't get it going during this game. Allen Robinson was the leading receiver on the day. Six catches for 55 yards. Very balanced attack um, on the part of the Bears receiving. Uh, No one really blew anyone else out of the water for them. Saints was the story, though, man. Drew Brees proving why he is. Drew Brees, 28 of 39, 265 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara was brilliant on the ground, as usual. 23 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown, averaging about four yards per carry. Michael Thomas and Latavius Murray each caught a touchdown. But the leading receiver was Deontay Harris with 83 yards. Was targeted seven times, caught all seven attempts. New Orleans 21, Chicago 9. The Saints will advance this weekend to face the Buccaneers. Matchup of the lifetime. Finally, at the primetime slot. Last night, this is a game that everybody buzzing. Cleveland 48, Pittsburgh 37. Steelers eliminated from playoff play despite a flawless start in the regular season they were eight and0 to start the season mm. absolutely wild Baker Mayfield uh was quite flawless honestly 21 of 34 can't ask much muts can't English can't ask much more out of a second year quarterback that 263 yards in the air and three touchdown passes Nick Chubb 76 yards carrying Kareem Hunt in the running back to roll 48 yards on the ground he had two touchdowns though Jarvis Landry Nick Chubb and Austin Hooper each caught a pass for a touchdown Jarvis Landry was the leading receiver on the day for Cleveland with 92 yards through the air on five catches Moving on to the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger was, well, he uh, he had to carry the team to those 37 points. Threw the ball 68 times. I don't know if Big Ben's ever thrown the ball that much in a game, ever, honestly. 47 of 68, 501 yards. He had four touchdown passes, more than Baker, but he also had the ball picked off four times. Several of those times were not his fault. I was watching the you a know, good part of the game. He uh, got balls tipped, at the line of scrimmage, Cleveland defense just playing overly well, um, and stuff happens, man. Juju Smith-Schuster was the leading receiver for uh, Pittsburgh, 157 yards on 13 catches and a touchdown pass. Eric Ebron, the tight end formerly of Indianapolis fame, also had a touchdown pass on the day, a touchdown catch, I should say. Uh, 62 yards. And Chase Claypool, the new uh, star receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, had 59 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Team in sight. Pittsburgh had the total yards easily uh, just because of all the work that Roethlisberger had to put in. Um, And all things considered, he played well, so nothing to to laugh at for him except for those four interceptions. But Cleveland was was there pretty much everywhere else. The rushing yards, um, the defense, either quarterback got sacked, so the offensive lines were were brilliant in the game. Pittsburgh did have more time of possession, um, and they were better on third down. Um, but ultimately, it wasn't enough to overcome 28 points in the first quarter for Cleveland. 48-37, final score. And uh, the bracket is set, man. The final four teams, or the final final eight. Final eight teams, set. Final four in each, re- uh, in each conference. That's the NFL wrap-up. feel good to do that. It's been quite some time since I've been able to do that. Last time I did that was at the Valencia College Radio Studios here in Orlando. Um, the very start of 2020 when we did our Super Bowl wrap-up show. Myself, Damian Asnar, Parker Holmes, and Josh Carpenter with, uh, with the vocals on the mic for that show. Good times have to get all three of those guys back on the show soon. Very eager to do so. I'm just glad to be back. Honestly, um didn't really feel like doing much with the podcast during 2020. Had a lot to work on. I was very busy with stuff. Um I was learning a lot, doing research on this, research on that. Not some of that has kind of led to um Some of that has kind of led to the slight format changes that are coming with the show and moving to two episodes a week most week, each episode feeling a little different. Um, but I think the timing of this is really, really good, and I'm very glad to be back. Um, you might be listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Or even anchor.fm, um, and regardless of which, um, regardless of which platform you're listening on, you can listen to any. You can listen to our show on any of those aforementioned platforms, um, just by searching the dial. Can look for the dial sports, the dial sports and tech. Um, the best way, probably, to find the show um, is to follow me on Instagram search Josh Pritchett at The Creative JP um, and it will usually be linked in the bio of my Insta page um, to find our show on anchor.fm we do have an Instagram page for the show that needs to get cleaned up a little bit before it goes back uh, to being really active and that'll be after that the best place to find all the links and what not um but anyway if you have input you'd like to share about anything we ever talk about on the show especially regarding things we discuss on thursdays or pardon me uh fridays thursdays so <laughs> we'll be doing the writing for the show uh on fridays um i'm confusing myself saturdays saturdays will be when the second episodes of each week will go live if you have any input Regardless of whether it's about the Monday show, the Saturday show, uh, you can let me know about it on Instagram or you can shoot an email to our email, the podcast email um, at askthedialpodcast at gmail.com. That is askthedialpodcast, A-S-K-T-H-E-D-I-A-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. It was very unnecessary, I know, but it's fun. Ask that i podcast at gmail.com. Uh, coming again soon to Instagram. And no, we're not coming to Tinder. That is an inside joke. Some of you will get it, some of you won't. Um, back to a little more NFL news before we get on to really the main thing I want to talk about for this very, for the shorter show anyway, which is Tampa Bay and New Orleans this upcoming weekend. Uh, breaking news as of right now. The Eagles have fired their head coach. (laughs) And the computer audio needs to stop. Um, This is courtesy of NFL.com. The winning coach of Super Bowl. Roman numerals, please. 52 is out of a job. Philadelphia Eagles have fired Doug Peterson. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported Monday, today... Um Peterson led the Eagles to the franchise's first Lombardi trophy in 2017. So, their 2017 Super Bowl win against Tom Brady and the Patriots um was their first in franchise history. So, definitely big stuff. Now it was uh, the Super Bowl and the season that made Nick Foles famous um but uh, things just kind of has spiraled for them since that. They finished with four wins, 11 losses, and a tie this season as part of the joke of a division that the NFL East was. Um, it's just it's hilarious to me that Washington, the team with no name, um, is the team that comes out on top of the division with seven wins and nine losses. And... I really don't know what's going to happen with that division. Um, just taking a look at the, the draft order for this year. Ignore the sound of my typing keys. Um, Jacksonville gets the first pick. Um, worst record of the of, uh, season. They are most likely going to take Trevor Lawrence, um, the Heisman finalist. The question is, who are we? The Eagles. So the Eagles' first pick is the sixth pick of the draft. The Eagles and the Bengals had the same record. Um At four eleven and one, um, Washington has the nineteenth pick. The, the Cowboys have the tenth pick. The Giants have the eleventh pick. Uh, the only team with a winning record in the top. Uh, 17 picks is Miami, and the 18th pick is also Miami. Um, The only reason that Miami picked up that third pick in the first round is because of a trade with Houston. But big story at the moment is the Eagles have fired Doug Peterson, and it's interesting because I was literally listening to the radio um, earlier today, and that was the subject of discussion about uh, Coach Peterson's future. So we'll have to see what happens to him. i um, tell you two places he's not going. He's not going to New Orleans, and he's not going in Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, and then obviously, oh, come on, think of who the head coach's name in Tampa Bay is. I can't even think of this for the life of me. Uh, Bruce Arians uh, has done a very fine job in Tampa Bay. Um, Tom definitely has a better team with which to work this year in Tampa Bay than he's had in New England, I think, the past couple of years. Um, when running back Ronald Jones is healthy, he's a force of nature. Um The the Tampa Bay Receiving core is one of the best in the NFC, if not the entire NFL, uh, with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, and Antonio Brown now as well, and, of course, Rob Gronkowski. But, again, it's hard to know how much longer he has in him because he was retired at the beginning of the season and he came back to play with Tom. So I'd imagine what Gronkowski does at the end of this season will very much hinge on the result of the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game this upcoming weekend. Um, And speaking of that game, let's discuss the upcoming games. You have Rams-Packers. It's really hard for me to see a scenario in which the Packers lose this game. Um, You have a half-health quarterback under center facing up against, I think, the top-rated defense in the NFL, um, the top seed in the NFC, um, and just Aaron Rodgers, the bad, bad man himself. Uh, Green Bay 33, LA 13. That's the prediction there how to freaking write these down so we can come back next week and see how we did oh what what happened i don't want that to happen there it is what did we say about that we said green bay i'm just writing this down i'll type it up later it's fine we're organized my pen works as i say we're organized that's actually hysterical green bay 33 L.A. 13. Then you got Baltimore-Buffalo. I think this game will be a bit more interesting. You have two quarterbacks that are very mobile. You have two quarterbacks that are very confident in the pocket. You have two defenses who um, created big moments in their respective games this past weekend. Um, Baltimore has the edge in the running game. Um, Lamar Jackson obviously is a threat with his legs. Um, He's kind of the second behind Patrick Mahomes of these kind of new wave of quarterbacks um, that are really going to change the league. And I actually use this as a springboard to very briefly talk about this. The NFL is changing. Um, The quarterback game is changing. I think Tom Brady is the oldest quarterback in the league if he's not. Yeah, I think he is. I think, yeah, Tom's the oldest quarterback in the league. Um, And, you know, even he's going to retire one day. Um, The way it's looking is Mahomes is going to be the new Brady. Um, Obviously, it'll be different. Um, And Mahomes isn't always going to be able to run, right? You know, as he gets older and plays more and the joints wear down, he's going to have to change his style. Um but yeah, Mahomes will be the new Brady. Um you know, Lamar and maybe Josh Allen will be kind of like your Aaron Rodgers type quarterback. Um when he's done. Tua is someone I'm very interested in seeing what happens to him. Um him and Kyler Murray both. Kyler, I was having a conversation with the guy several days ago, um, and we were talking about this phenomenon of the the quarterback game changing, the kind of offensive style changing in the NFL. And we were doing this kind of dance of comparing the old quarterbacks, guys like Breeze, guys like Brady. Uh, Rodgers who still has some game left in him definitely and Ben Roethlisberger who will have to see what happens to him I'm um, comparing the old quarterbacks of the like the the 99 draft at 20 the t- 2000 draft the 2001 draft um, and then Ben Roethlisberger was I think the 03 draft with Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers who's another one um, and comparing them to these new guys Mahomes Jackson Tua, Murray Josh Allen um, even Deshaun Watson, Trubisky, um, these guys, right? And I said, you know, I really think Kyler Murray is going to be like the extension of Russell Wilson. Um, and Russ is kind of the interesting one because he's really not in the old generation. He's he's a newer quarterback. Um, not having played for as long as a guy like Rodgers, a guy like Brady, a guy like Breeze, he's kind of like this generation and a half, like this .5 mark. Um, and so I think once Brady retires... It's hard it's, – honestly, it's hard to know who retires first, Ro- Roethlisberger or Brady, because Roethlisberger is a good quarterback. He's no Brady. Uh, Roethlisberger is also good. He's also younger. Um, but I think Roethlisberger will retire first simply because he just hasn't had the same coaching and same teams that Brady has been fortunate enough to have. Now, obviously, Coach Bill Coward is fantastic. Um Is the new guy who is the new guy's name? The guy who's been coaching over there for the last couple years. I don't remember the name of the Steelers coach right now. It's on the top of my tongue. I gotta Google it, or it's gonna bother me. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Okay. Um, definitely no neither of these guys are coaches to sneeze at, but just they're not Bill Belichick. And so I think purely because of that, uh, retires first. But I think once the These guys, like Roethlisberger, Brady, and Breeze, retire. I think then Aaron Rodgers will be next, and then I think Russell Wilson will be that guy who hangs around for a while because he's very healthy. Um, And if he can continue to stay healthy, he will be a Brady-esque force in the league for some time. And I think a Super Bowl that many of us would be here to see eventually, maybe like... Five years down the road would be Seahawks and Chiefs, um, of course, pending Russ staying in Seattle and Mahomes staying in Kansas City, which I don't think there's a way. As long as Andy Reid is in Kansas City, I think there's no way Mahomes is gone. So that would be a Super Bowl and a half. That would be an incredible Super Bowl. And I would actually be okay. I love Mahomes. And I would even be okay with Mahomes losing that Super Bowl if it happened to be Russ's last season. I that's just a cool thing to me, the idea of a quarterback who's been in the league for a long time having just a fantastic final season and winning the Super Bowl. That's kind of why I want the Saints to win this year, because it's supposedly Drew Brees last year. But we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're talking about Ravens and Bills. <sighs> It's really hard for me to say. I think this one might even go into overtime. Um, if the Ravens win outright, it'll be because of their running game. If the Bills win outright, it'll be because the defense holds up and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are connecting. I really don't know. But for the sake of fun, we'll say 30-27 to 27 in favor of the Bills. That's what we'll say. write it down on my clumsy little sheet of paper here. And you've got Browns Chiefs. It's a cool story that's been happening in Cleveland. Baker as a quarterback has grown on me definitely. I still think the Chiefs take this and I think it's <sighs> Yeah. I actually haven't watched the Chiefs much. This season, which is funny because they have the best overall record in the league. They're 14 and two. They're like, they are the new Patriots. Um, I'm getting so many notifications on my phone. Bye. 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 Um, I do think the Chiefs take this. Um, but I think it might. It'll be a good game, I think. I think Baker will ultimately help it stay closer than we think. um, Both teams have good running games. Both teams have kind of these gunslinger arms, but I think Mahomes is more creative than Mayfield, and I think that's what wins the game for the Chiefs. Kansas City, 27. Cleveland will say 21. And I think all three of those touchdowns will come courtesy of Baker Mayfield's arm. Um, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I wanted this matchup to happen in the Super Bowl. I wanted Tom Brady to stay in New England so that he and Drew Brees could play together in the Super Bowl. I truly believe these two guys are the two best quarterbacks we've seen in the past 20 years. Brady, because he's unafraid, because he's a machine, because he stays healthy, he cares about the game, he cares about himself. Brees is just such an upstanding guy. Number one, off the field. Number two, no one in recent years, I think even ever, has a completion percentage as high as Brees. He is the definition of an elite passer. was um, actually, my dad who pointed it out to me last night. Where we were watching the Bears-Saints game that the reason he's been able to do that is because he's had, well, during his time in uh, in New Orleans anyway, is because he's had good runners behind him. And that seems to be the common stat when you have good running games, uh, good running backs um, with good average yards per carry, you can throw in the play action. You can rely on your arm a little more because you know if you only get three yards on this pass or your receiver drops a catch here, you can hand it off to your running back to get five easy yards and you're at third and five instead of third and ten, right? because your running back didn't get stuffed at the line or because you're trying to rely on the pass too much. You get intercepted every time you throw the ball. Um, Tom Brady has had to do a little more, I think, carrying his teams than Drew Brees has. I think Brees has been blessed. When he has good teams, because they often always had the best teams in New Orleans. Although with Brees there, they've been competitive most years. Brady has had to rely more on his own intellect, intuition, and also the coaching of Bill Belichick. Brady, uh, Breeze rather, has been able to rely on his team a little bit more. Um, doesn't change the fact that Breeze, Breeze is a better passer than Brady. There's no question in my mind about that. Who is the greatest? Probably Brady just by reputation. But I think because we're always talking about Brady because he's always going to the Super Bowl, We forget about guys like Breeze. And even guys like Aaron Rodgers can get kind of shoved under the rug a little bit because it's always, oh, look, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. And Belichick's a great coach. Brady's a great quarterback. But we forget about guys like Breeze and what they've done and the stats they've put up because we're always talking about this and that. So I'm going to be watching this game with great interest. Um... I ultimately think even if Tampa Bay wins, they're not going to get past Green Bay. Um, The defense, I don't think they've faced a defense like that this year. Um, Has Tampa Bay and Green Bay even played yet? They played this year. They did. And Tampa Bay won. Huh. Maybe I stand corrected. How about that? That was the Packers' first loss, too. So maybe not. So, so if San Bay wins, they might actually be able to beat Green Bay. And again, that's provided that Green Bay beats Los Angeles, but that's not much of an, a doubt in my mind. I mean, I've been proven wrong. but um, I'm going to call this game how I like it to go down. Maybe not how I know because I really don't know. This one might be the most back-and-forth out of any of them. Oh, man. Is this game going to be high-scoring or not? I really don't know. Saints, 30. Tampa Bay, 25. 24, I guess. 24. That's all I got for that, anyway. There's some other news in other sports that I could cover, but... I mean, I've been rambling on for 42 and a half minutes by this point anyway. So, and that's all I got to say. Again, I will say, i um, going to keep up with the show. Follow me on Instagram at the Creative JP. Eventually, you'll be able to follow the show on Instagram once that page gets cleaned up because I got a lot of updates to do on there. Um, you can find the show on Anchor.fm on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Also, I recommend checking out my friend Parker Holmes' podcast. It's called Real Tech Hours, and it is the show where he talks about tech during Real Tech Hours. We're going to be getting him on the show very soon, maybe even for this upcoming Saturday show. Maybe we'll have to see. Um, There will be a show on Saturday, and it's going to be one you won't want to miss, and that will be the return of The Rant for the first time in quite some time. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to the show. I'll catch you guys later. You can now touch that dial. Because I'm done.